Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Wow, buddy! You look healthy and happy. Veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. That's why he developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Hmm. Maybe I should try some of your pet food myself. Okay, okay. I'll start with a salad. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewellery, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Tupac had no business calling himself a mob Piru, which was Suge Knight's neighborhood. Suge Knight created a record label, Death Row, but he really amped it up by making his heads of security, all his main guys were real killers. Everybody involved in these stories are dead, not because of this rap stuff, but because of the street life that they're from. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. The death of rap icon Tupac Shakur has been the stuff of books, films and even song. But now a Nevada grand jury has charged a 60-year-old former gang leader with the cold case killing. Dwayne Keefe D. Davis was one of the four original suspects for the Las Vegas shooting in 1996, which came about after hostilities between the Bloods and the Crips street gangs spilled over and celebrities took sides. Today, I'm talking to Douglas Century, who covered the hip-hop scene as a journalist for the New York Times during the 1990s and who last year co-authored Split Decision with rapper and former L.A. gangster Ice-T. He tells me about the origins of Tupac Shakur's untimely death and the suspect who has talked himself into a courtroom. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. So we know very little really about this whole case here in Ireland, but we do know very much the names of the Bloods and the Crips. And really it sort of centres on this uh, two gangs and I think they each drew some of these rappers to each side. Is that the case? Oh, yeah. And it's a lot more complicated than two gangs. There, there yeah. are neighborhoods of Los Angeles and Compton, which is a, a suburb, where these gangs, it's multi-generational now. You've got these what they call OGs. Everybody uses that term OG. It just means the original generation. So some of these guys, the man that was arrested is 60, but he's not even. There's guys who are, we're talking about probably a fifth generation grandfathers and you're born to these neighborhoods. Many of the, the worst wars are crip sets. They call them sets 
um, different like rolling 60s against A-Trey gangsters. In this case, you have the mob Pyrus, which mm -hmm. is Suge Knight. The, he, he grew up in that neighborhood uh, against the South Side Crips of Compton. What makes it complicated is that even within the, the alliance of Crips, they'll, they'll go to war with each other and the Bloods will go to war with each other. But in their umbrella, uh, you know, if you've seen it in the movies, the Bloods wear red and the Crips yes. wear blue. And every hat, every baseball cap, if it says S yeah, for Seattle Mariners, that means it's the um, rolling 60s. P for the, a different baseball team from Philadelphia is uh, the Pyrus. So it's so deeply coded and it's, it's a culture that is entrenched now. Um, mm. And Tupac, Tupac had no business playing with that, with those kind of guys. That's the real, you want to cut to the chase of it. it a, a guy from a, a, a well, well-educated young man coming from an acting and performing background is hanging out with hardened, hardened criminals who have no other lane in life other than crime. So these gangs, and they go back to the 1970s, Doug, the, the Crips and the, uh, I mean, one of them came first and then the other kind of was set up in order to give protection from whichever one came first. Quick, quick history. The Crips yeah. was a guy named what Raymond Washington, another guy named Tokyo Williams. Raymond Washington went to a high school where they wore blue and it started off really as youth gangs, you know, like you have in every city in Europe and Ireland. Fighting, mostly fist fighting. And then some of these guys, you see the, the original generation, they really prided themselves on their, um, a lot of these guys had been to prison. So you've seen how the physiques, they were bodybuilder guys and they used to love to have fist fights. Um, and then the, the Crips became known, there's different theories of why they're called Crips, but uh, it was actually almost the Black Panther era, like late 60s. Uh, yeah. And they really, I felt, I think they felt uh, they, you know, it's been proven that the LAPD is pretty racist. And then there never really was a gang called the Bloods. There were all sorts of, one was called the Harvard Brims. The one down in Compton is called Pyrus, P-R-I-U. Um, sometimes they're just named, there's one called the Fruit Top uh, Bloods. They are actually just from a neighborhood where all the uh, streets have fruit names or treetop. So um, fruit town and treetop, I'm sorry. So, you know, the, the Crips existed first and then the Bloods, any gang that wasn't a Crip became a blood alliance to defend themselves. And there's way more. I think it's something like five to one blood uh, Crips to Bloods. But it's become this fashion thing where you hear now Cardi B says she's a blood and all these rappers. They're not. They didn't grow up in these intergenerational families where your grandfather, your uncles and all were from this neighborhood tribalism. And they really are willing to kill for the for the neighborhood. So going back to Tupac, he was originally from Harlem. Yeah. So he had not only did he not have anything to do with it, but he was from the other side of the Constant. Anybody that really wants to understand who he is, there's a YouTube video of him at age 17 in high school. The most, with these doe-like eyes, almost, somebody said almost effeminate. He wasn't effeminate, but he just, he looked so sensitive and he was so well-spoken and he was a, went to the high school for performing arts, uh, actually got his start in um, the Bay Area in San Francisco as a part of the digital underground, but he had no business. He was not from that world. Um, Somebody was explaining this in one of these YouTube videos that have been going viral. You know, these guys, these gangbangers start gangbanging when they're 10, 11, 12. When you're 20 years old, like he was, 
you're not really part of the gang. You're just playing a role. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, he has a lot to answer. I mean, rest in peace. It's 27 years since his death. He was not from that world. Uh, he allied himself with Suge Knight for various reasons I can explain. Suge Knight even wasn't a gangster himself. He was a fo- big American football player. Um, so you're, But you're playing with fire. You're playing with these guys that, you know, I did a couple books with Ice-T, and he's from that mm-hmm. world. And he said, Ice-T said to me, Doug, these are guys that'll never make a record. These guys will never have a TV appearance or anything. All they have is home invasions, drug dealing, carjackings, jewelry heists. It's a different world and they live and die by it. And this entire stupid thing we can get into was all over a chain snatching. But Doug, how do they mix from those two worlds? Did they then when Tupac Shakur was murdered and how do they now? Like, you know, you see these celebrities, these hip hop celebrities, they're very wealthy. They're surrounded with security. They're celebrities in the same way as anyone else. So how did they end up befriending guys who are coming from these multi-generational criminal families from these hoods, from these areas you probably wouldn't stray into? Yeah, well, a lot of the Los Angeles-based, I mean, we're talking really about Los Angeles-based gangs. Now the Bloods and the Crips have spread. So someone like Cardi B, who is from the Bronx, will say, I, I mean, we we do now have in New York City Bloods. It's almost like a fashion statement. One of the old G's, a guy named Big U, said, I think you can just go out and buy a bandana. Like, they, there used to be an initiation process. And so they're not really in the gangs. It's a fashion thing now. Going back to the to the rappers you've heard of, like Snoop Dogg, and they came from those neighborhoods. They grew right. up in those neighborhoods and were involved in crime. So their friends and the and many of the people that they were around, they saw this as a way when the rap music came along to, to kind of get out of the gang life. Tupac is almost reverse engineering it, trying, like, right. trying to get himself into it, which is what makes it kind of sad. It's not a world he really understood. Um, so, but, but there are many rappers. I mean, I'll just, I could drop the names, but like Dub C and um, uh, there's all the Be Real, all these guys, uh, from Los Angeles, it's where you're born. So, you know, it's, I always say this in the mafia in New York city, you'll say, who are you with? Like, who's your crew? Who's you, who you're with Los Angeles. They, they, the challenge is where are you from? Meaning what's your neighborhood. And then you, and then if you're a gangbanger, you say I'm sixties or I'm, um, you know, there's all these different names and you throw up a sign and that's war. And there's, uh, like Ice-T said to me, gangbangers are only looking to go to war with the other gangbangers. So if you're from the neighborhood and you're kind of affiliated with it, you know not to cross into another neighborhood. Even schoolgirls will be told, I, Daddy, I can't wear, uh, I can't re- wear blue. I, I live in a, you know, in a blood neighborhood. So it affects everybody. Um, there's mothers who've got sons and grandsons. So they'll actually, they're co-opted into it. Like... You know, the drugs will be stashed in their houses, but it's the entire neighborhood. Tupac had no business calling himself a mob Piru, which was Suge Knight's neighborhood. Suge Knight created a record label, Death Row, which, you know, went, went to hell, obviously, but fell all apart. But he really amped it up by making his heads of security. All his main guys were real killers. I mean, he had a couple of nice. guys. He had a guy, the guy that is most likely to have killed Biggie Smalls was 
was Shug's main hitman, a guy named Poochie. Almost, and you know, you can tell you how violent this world is. Almost everybody involved in these stories are dead, not because of this rap stuff, but because of the street life that they're from. So uh, you're born into it. You don't want to go pretending like you're from that world. And was Shug nice? Was he um, as famous or more famous or was Tupac and was also was Shug Knight a kind of an older person in this world for Tupac? I mean, I'm trying to imagine this guy coming from drama school and sort of almost, you know, guntering into this world where he just doesn't understand or has no connections. Is it an older guy that he's looking up to that sort of draws him into it? Uh, not that much older because Shook Ness around my age, 58. You know, he's doing time for manslaughter now. These guys are all, all the rappers are about 50. Uh, a guy like Ice-T would be older. He was 13, Ice-T 65. He'd be 13 years older than And Ice-T warned Tupac. He said this several times in interviews and, and to me. He was very good friends with Tupac and he warned him, you're, you're, not, uh, you're not understanding who you're playing with here. But the, the genesis of it all was if, mm-hmm. to get back into the 90s. Tupac was charged with sexual assault and rape. Uh, it was a very con- conflicting stories, but he did go to a very bad prison. So even though he's not a street guy, he went to Clinton down Amora, which is where like it's near the Canadian. They call it Siberia because it's so far up from New York City that it's it's by the Canadian border. And uh, he was Shug Knight bonded him out at one point four million dollars. So this whole thing that happened in Las Vegas and all that, he's technically still doing time for this uh, sexual assault, but he's out on bond for for an appeal. And Suge Knight gave him the money. It's almost like make you deal with the devil. And suddenly when Tupac comes out, now he's a full-fledged blood. All his records are, he's shouting out nice. mob, pyru. Um, you know, there's theories, you know, like, did he did he really believe it? Was he doing it just, I mean, his rivalry with Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls said to him, dude, you're playing that role Bishop from the movie, you know, Juice. I mean, he he played a gangster in, in a really good early hip-hop movie. Tupac's a great actor. He was a really gifted, gifted guy. And when I see it, I think he's just playing a role. He's just posing. And Doug, how was this playing out? Because it was a different time to nowadays. There wasn't social media. They weren't able to call one another out on their Instagram accounts. They didn't exist. So how was all this sort of him calling people out and, you know, saying the he was part of the, the Bloods and was that happening through media or was it just happening on the street as well? Oh, no, no, it was the records. And the, okay, so infamously, so Tupac got shot in Manhattan in a recording studio and he thought Biggie Small set him up. Now, Puffy, who's not a, not a hero of the story, he's another villain, uh, <laughs> released a song called Who Shot Ya? It's a very famous song by Biggie Smalls. People say it didn't really refer to uh, Tupac, who had been shot and lost his testicle. And this was his first shooting. Uh, but Tupac took that as like, you're making fun of me. And he came back with this record that's just infamous called Hit Him Up. And the very first line is, I effed your wife, you fat F, you know. And it, like Ice-T said to me, when he, he came to Ice-T's house and played this, and Ice-T said, whoa. And I actually was running around with some hip hop guys in New York at this time. And I heard an early version of it before it was released. And a guy that I was with, I don't want to curse on your show, from a guy from Brooklyn, he said, MFers are going to start dying behind this. Like this, this, this level of, like, there was always disc records in hip hop, but this started to be like, yeah, he's, what is, what is Tupac says? I'll kill all of you. Like you're mad because our staff got guns in their MF and voice. You know, it's like it, so and then also in videos, 
So remember, music videos were MTV and you had MTV Europe, right? It was back and forth. And then there were radio DJs uh, played a big role. And also, remember, the days of print, you and I are journalists, Vibe magazine. The sort. There were articles that specifically ramped this up into, it was never East Coast versus West Coast. It was two record labels, Bad Boy, which was Puff Daddy and his artist, Biggie Smalls, and uh, Little Kim, et cetera, et cetera. And Death Row, which at that time had the greatest producer, Dr. Dre, uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, their leading artist, but NWA. So it was really the the egos of these two megalomaniacs, Suge Knight and Puff Daddy. And they're, you know, in this in this arrest we can talk about, Puff Daddy is alleged to have put bounties on Suge Knight's life, on Tupac's life. So it it to me, you know, a guy like Puff Daddy, his dad was in the streets and he his dad got murdered. But Puff Daddy associated with some real New York gangsters. Suge Knight, again, he was a they call him Sugar Bear. Big guy, I don't know if you count in stone or, or, or pounds, he's a 300 pound man. Like he was a football player, but he was a, a goon. He wasn't really like part of the gang world either. So it's a whole bunch of people playing these roles and getting mixed up with, I mean, what do you call them over there, villains? Uh, you know what? You, I thought about this as an analogy. I don't know how big Top Boy is in Ireland. I love this, this yeah. show, Top, Top Boy. Well, those actors, Ashley and, and, and Kane, Okay, they, they play it very convincingly. There probably are real street wars going on in those hackney. Now imagine mm-hmm. them not filming, going to a, a casino or a boxing match with those guys, and as Tupac did, stomping out a rival from another crew. You're insane. You're not. You're an actor playing as if you're, but you're not part of that street level. And that's really what Tupac did. He he was involved in the beating and stomping of a rival gang member, and the the shooting was retaliation for that. Yeah, you don't yeah. do that. You don't you don't stomp uh, uh, the the guy that's arrested is the OG. So uh, he, he looks like a he looks like a he's having a hard time now. His teeth are all messed up. But I have seen pictures. Twenty seven years ago, he was what's the shot caller, meaning he's the boss of that that crew of Southside Crips. And it was his nephew at the casino. If you've seen the videos, it's just they're they're stomping the crap out of him. And it was all over a chain snatching because Puffy had said. I remember these giant medallions people had death row. Um, I think the allegation was if anybody can snatch those death row chains, I'll pay $15,000, which wasn't killing them, but it was still, you know, well, in the streets, I'm sure it's the same in Dublin and anywhere gangsters wear flashy joy. You snatch a chain, the consequences might getting, you might get stabbed or shot. You know, yeah, that's a yeah. really high level of disrespect. And that's what's crazy is Tupac has everything to live for. I don't know if it was a death wish to, you get so caught up in playing this gangster life that you think you're really one of them, but uh, he had no business. And you... behind it all, was there people, was there business people making money out of it? Was there people encouraging this sort of, it's a feud really, what's happening, a tit for tat insults. They're, you know, they're doing it through their music, through their videos. And was there people kind of like, did did, did people navel gaze after Shuk- Tupac Shakur was killed? Did people sit back and think there was a lot of people being irresponsible here and pushing this? There was a huge, uh, what's the word? I mean, it sold records, it sold magazines. I mean, when we, you know, there was a cover of Vibe magazine with, with Suge Knight and 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 uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop. And I mean, I remember rushing out to buy it. You had to see, what are they going to say? 
So people were profiting. And then the irony was Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G., only really released one record while he was alive. He was murdered while he was in Los Angeles to promote his second album. But there are many posthumous albums. I've got one like just sitting there saying, OK, this is this one was released life after death. Um, you know, it's there's there was millions to be made. So, so some conspiracy theorists have said, you know what? I bet Puffy set up uh, 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 Biggie to get killed because he could make more money off him. There's a theory that Tupac was unhappy with Suge Knight and was trying to leave the label. So Suge Knight set up the hit so that, you know, wow, I, I could, I've got his catalog. And I mean, but the crazy thing is that makes no sense because Suge Knight was shot in the same incident in the head. So if you if you set up a hit on your <laughs> artist, you, you don't want to be in the in the driver's seat getting shot in the head. But yeah, I mean, after it happened, there was a huge sense of two of the most talented guys. These are guys in their early 20s, 23, 24, were, were killed. Was it worth it? Was it worth it to ramp up this level of um, animosity, tribalism? It really spread beyond the two camps to other you know, well-known mm -hmm. hip-hop groups. And a lot of people, a lot of executives made a lot of money off it. Uh, those records flew off the shelves because it was, it was, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I mean, after, in the aftermath, there was a number of movies, documentaries made all around it. So it was a very significant time in hip hop, undoubtedly. Um, I suppose when. I could just say one thing. Mm. Uh, now what they call hip hop, <laughs> you know, the Drakes and it's, there's a lot of, or they call drill rap. This is all the stuff, um, you know, it's about all, it's about drug dealing. It's sort of like, um, well, you have grime over there, right? Grime had its its era in in London, but it, so for me, the and even young people who were born in two thousand two will be, oh man, I miss the nineties hip hop. I'm like, you weren't born. <laughs> I mean, I was there in New York going to these shows, the Wu Tang Clan. So everybody views the other thing that makes this so significant is everybody that's a real hip hop head looks at this period of the mid nineties as being the golden era. You had some of the best records, the production. I mean, people still, if you're at a party and people start playing those Dr. Dre records or, or you know, Biggie's records, Biggie is still often considered one of the greatest of all time. And, you know, Puffy's this guy, he had a huge hit called I'll Be Missing You, which was like this whole maudlin, you know, mourning for his lost artist. So, you know, it got to the point almost where people were saying, um, what's the word? It's It's almost cheesy to profit off grief you know mm. to bit to make these um make these millions off of the deaths and the mothers i mean you know the both of them are now deceased Vela wallace and uh afina shakur the mothers were the most tragic people in these stories because they lost their sons and they there were lawsuits claiming that the police departments of both the cities los angeles and las vegas las vegas is the one we're currently talking about really botched these investigations. I mean, 27 years later, you're finally making an arrest and they've known all along who the guys were. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So all along was their family in the background, you know, calling for this, these people to be brought in, were they kind of on anniversaries? Were they coming out, you know, demanding that the investigation be relaunched or? There were huge, uh, uh, mm. uh, Notorious B.I.G., Biggie's mother sued the uh, city of Los Angeles for 500 million. Um, you know, uh, some of these cases, I don't think there were many settlements. It was very hard to prove because nobody would cooperate. I mean, Suge Knight was there and was shot in the head. 
and he has refused to talk to the police. Um, everybody knew very quickly that the shooter or of uh, the one we're talking about now, the nephew of the man that was arrested, a guy named Orlando Anderson, Baby Lane, he's the guy that got stomped out. He took credit for it, uh, that he killed Tupac. And the Southside Crips, which is a bordering neighborhood to in Compton, to the Piru, uh, Bob Pyrus, they were known to be celebrating that, that they'd killed Tupac. But this guy was killed just a couple of years later. Like, so he, you know, dead men tell no tales. So, yes. so there's only two people alive who know what really happened because there were four guys in the car with this man, Dwayne Keefe D. Uh, uh, Davis. Uh, the three other Crips are all dead. Suge Knight was with uh, Tupac. He's dead. So Suge Knight won't talk and he's away doing time. And Keefe D's the last man standing. And he's he's kind of what they say, do they use the term dry snitching over there? He's He's admitted it, that he's in the car and had the gun, but he's waffled on who the shooter was. First, he said it was his nephew. And then there was another massive guy named Dre. Like, I couldn't believe this. A uh, yeah. six foot seven, 400 pound guy who might have been the shooter. Both, they're all dead. And is it clinically ratting if everyone is dead? I wonder. Does it have that same sort of chilling effect if somebody. <laughs> because you're, you're admitting something and you're putting it on a dead guy. So that's not quite a snitch but the problem is yeah you know dead men tell no tales the, it, it's a kind of smart gangster mafia guys yeah. have been doing this i'm sure irish gangsters you go in oh we know you were involved yeah i was i was there but uh uh joe uh, johnny did the shooting oh johnny's dead well johnny did a bunch of other murders also so you know think gangsters have been doing this forever putting the, the murder halfway cooperating and saying yeah yeah i know a bit about it and that's what happened with uh, this Keefe. I know I don't know if you guys understand the American slang. His middle name is Keith, T H, yeah. but the way you would pronounce it is F. So they spell it Keefe, K E F F E. I mean, and D for Davis. Yeah, David. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's actually funny when you hear some of the gangster names; they don't sound rough and tough like Sugar Bear. Sugar. No, they certainly don't. Hoochie or Baby Lane, but. Um, they're 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 killers. I mean, these funny enough, myself and Niall, my co-host, were talking about recently about the gangster names, and funny enough, the ones that we, the nicknames rather, the ones we give to a lot of the gangsters are quite kind. You know, we're actually quite complimentary to them when we give, but the ones from the street are really mean. I mean, anybody who has any kind of like a physical disability or anything that you know isn't, there's, anyway, there's all sorts of names that would come across as being very mean and very NPC. But you're saying in Ireland, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they usually focus in on a weakness. There's the Mexican that we, yeah. we spoke of, like uh, Chapo's main secretary had a huge nose. So his name was Nariz, nose. Like whatever your defect is. <laughs> whatever they, And I mean, he, uh, Chapo's name is Shorty. That's not actually a compliment. Um, Chapo yeah, literally is Shorty. But it's usually also some sort of a problem that you can't do anything about cosmetically. Like it's, you know, short legs. Or yeah, I think that just but it's it shows you kind of the survival of the fittest of the gangster world, because they'll yeah. pick the hardest. The, the thing that you would make you the most defensive and you you've got to show how tough you are. Usually, I bet most of those guys had to fight to prove that. Yeah. Call me Big Nose and I'll beat the crap out of you or whatever. <laughs> the guy that killed, I mean, it's so funny. The guy that killed, well, it's almost certainly killed Biggie Smalls, Poochie. 
which again sounds like pooch in our slang means a dog. Yes. Uchi was about five foot four, tiny little guy, but just a ruthless killer. Um, and the thing about these guys, they don't. One point I, I want to make that Ice T, and I hate to keep dropping the name, but we wrote a book. Yeah, exactly. So you know a lot about it. Well, and he told me this. He said, Doug, you know what? Even when we're we made it out, we're entertainers, we're hanging out in that world, there there's a jealousy factor. I mean, they don't, they may be proud that you're from the neighborhood, but they also see that you made all this money and you made. That's why a, a very well-known guy from the Roland 60s, Nipsey Hussle, he was murdered by a fellow Crip. And he was doing the thing that they always say African-American ga- uh, gangbangers and entertainers need to do is put money back in the community. So, and don't move up to Beverly mm-hmm. Hills. And all that. So Nipsey Hussle had his store at Marathon right back in the neighborhood. So, But you're back in that neighborhood and there's people who are going to be jealous that you made success. So that's the other thing Tupac thought you know, I'm roll. You, you can see the swagger in this. Anybody can find these videos on YouTube when they when they stomp this guy. It's Tupac leading the charges, and he's he's swaggering off like I'm like, I can get it. You feel like you're a powerful guy. You got these big brutes behind you. They know you're not really the gangbanger. You know, when it came when it would come down to it, he was almost like their mascot. I think like a kind of trophy. <laughs> You know, he walked his way into that world. So does is Keefe D, despite the fact that he sort of confessed to the cops back in 2009, was he a bit as surprised as maybe the rest of us are that he's now going to be? Well, it's, you know, the hip hop world is kind of laughing about it or just the even, I guess, the social media, because he's admitted this years ago. It's been years that he he did a book. He did some interviews as a well-known DJ Vlad. These interviews were done four or five years ago. what happened, and you, maybe you can explain this to me, do they have what's known as proffer agreements in, in Irish law where you can come in, he came in under a proffer agreement over a, a PCP, uh, a drug case, and they said, we will give you immunity. We will not put you in jail. It's usually called queen for a day. It's a one day, tell us what you know, we will not, you, you will not, uh, it's self-incrimination essentially. You will not be charged. So he had a proffer agreement where he thought, okay, it covered it, but it was just for this one uh, aspect of a case. I don't know if they have that in in, in Irish so. law. Never heard of that now. <laughs> okay, so it's a proffer agreement. So what? This is what happened, and this is where a little bit a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. He comes in. He he has a PCP case against him, drug dealing. They say, tell us what you know about the. And he says, I was in the car. I had the gun. At that point, he said, I I believe he said my nephew shot him, and no, can't be prosecuted. But then the problem was that's supposed to be a kind of sealed uh, one day thing. You're giving information to help them. Mm-hmm. Then he goes and starts doing all these interviews and writing books. And it's not covered under a proper agreement. Now you're really confessing. I mean, the law in Ireland must be the same. If you are in a vehicle in a drive by shooting and someone's killed, you're culpable for murder. So you're, you're yeah. I mean, you're, you're an accomplice unless you're a hostage in the back seat or something, you know, but he admitted he had the gun and passed it. So, I mean, yeah, he must have been, he must have misunderstood the, the queen for a day. <laughs> the assignment. Uh, and then, I mean, the other thing too, is that the internet has gone crazy with mafia guys, ex-hitmen, you know, Michael Francesi and, and, and Sammy the Bull, but also all these LA gangbangers doing these YouTube channels and it's like war stories. People can't get enough of it. But you're supposed to, there is one crime that there's no statute of limitations on, a homicide. 
I mean, you want to talk about your drug dealing days or we were jewel thieves. Okay, that was 20 years ago. They can't charge me. You start talking about you're involved in a murder publicly. Um, and then what happened was a few weeks ago in July, I was actually away in Israel. They raided his, not his house, his wife, TPD's wife's house. Apparently, they were looking for incriminating evidence. I don't know. He, they, he may have sell, saved souvenirs, bullets from the gun. They never, so they never recovered the gun or the car. It was a Cadillac. Um, who knows what they may have found in the house. So essentially, Keefe D has talked his way into, you know, he's interviewed his way basically yes. into trouble when he kind of would have walked away and got away with this. Is he sort of like, OK, he's, you know, he's 60. I have to say he's looking quite well for a guy who's been in that scene for so long and he's managed to survive it where many others haven't. Um, is he kind of retired and how does that look like? I don't know if you ever retire completely from like, they'll say, are you active? Is he still yeah. an active? Like, you know, what well, the, the LA slang is, are you a hitter? So his nephews were like, these guys were hitters, meaning assassins. Gang banging is more than just throwing up signs. It's you're at war with the enemy. Um, as I recall, he said he was dying of cancer when he first came out and said, I'll do some interviews. And he was dying of cancer. Who knows? I mean, there's different kinds of cancer. You know, you, you might have had a little, you know, basal cell carcinoma removed from your nose and you're fine. But at the time, I think he he had must have been told, you've got cancer. So he thought, OK, I'll tell, tell my tale. Well, he survived. <laughs> he doesn't have <laughs> cancer now, it doesn't seem. And he he's talked his. Yes, everybody's laughing about it. Like this idiot talk. Sorry to say that this idiot talked his way into wait, a wait. homicide arrest. Now, what really people want to know is, is he. Can he give up Puff Daddy? Because he has previously said, and now there's a big name, that Diddy offered a million dollars for the deaths. I don't know. I don't know if many people believe mm -hmm. that. A million dollars for the deaths of um, both Tupac and, and uh, Suge Knight. Interesting, though, behind the scenes, he, uh, a couple of these guys from the Southside Crips, including him, have said, no, you know, initially Puffy didn't pay us. You know, he had a war with, so he'd go to L.A. and there'd be all these bloods with Suge Knight. So somebody said, this is the oldest trick in the book, Real Hustler. He'd give them all, all these Southside Crips, like tickets to the show, you know, free, free backstage. So he got 50 Crips with him and all they really got, he didn't get money. They just came to the show. But there's not, there, nobody's going to start problems with them with their rival enemies. But yeah, Puffy definitely uh, uh, could have something to worry about. I don't. It's very tough to to see how the police could charge him because from what I've heard, there was always a buffer, you know, somebody claims there was a million dollar check at some point, the buffer who introduced Puffy to the Crips, uh, this gets a bit uh, murky, uh, a guy named uh, Vaughn and uh, well, he has another street name and he was a big gangster and club owner. You can see pictures of Stevie Wonder and Mike Tyson. This is from Harlem. He's apparently the, he was a big, much older guy, a drug dealer, who was doing business with the Southside Crips. And Puff Daddy calls him his uncle. Well, and he's deceased now, too. So he would have been the go-between. So a lot of the people that could, if if Puff Daddy were in any way uh, culpable, the, it, I don't even think Keefe D's confession could put him would on be enough. But that would be a catch. Yeah. And do you know what it will also be? I mean, undoubtedly, whatever else it'll be, it will be 
somebody's retirement pot, won't it? Some detective there behind the scenes who's working away and who's going to ultimately solve the murder of Tupac Shakur from 1996. Well, there have been a few of them, uh, retired uh, LAPD and uh, selling books. Uh, Some of their theories have been just crazy. Like, you know, uh, uh, you know, this is this is the irony of it all. There is because Tupac Shakur is, you know, he had a different birth name. He came from his his uh, parents were part of the Black Panther Party. Uh, there's all these theories, you know, that he's still alive. There's theories that the FBI was involved. It was a government conspiracy because in some of his records, he's really like speaking out against how racist the U.S. government is. But what it comes down to is a really, you know, people don't want to hear. It's a tawdry street level chain snatching at a mall, which resulted in a beatdown in a casino at a Mike Tyson fight, which then resulted Suge Knight owned a nightclub 662. Which, which is the, the telephone keypad for uh, mob. <laughs> That's what all that meant. And, and they're on the way to 662 and the Southside Crips are there. They see an opportunity. They got his, this uh, baby Lane's shoulder was still like out of, uh, uh, what do you call it? When you dislocate your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> and they just saw an opportunity and shot him. So people don't want to hear it was as simple as gang, you know, that these two great artists could have been killed over something as, I don't know, menial and trivial that happens every day in the streets, every day in the streets of Los Angeles, in the rougher areas of uh, of Dublin or certainly in, you know, the east end of London. And no doubt if if Tupac had have had have lived uh, to look back on his younger self, he probably would have seen how, you know, taken up with all this stupidity he was, um, you know, had he matured and 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 grown up and grown out of it all, he would have looked back probably and thought, should never have been there. I'm sure that because if, if you, you know, Snoop Dogg now, he's hanging out with Martha Stewart and he's got his weed. And I mean, he, he you could tell how bad death row was. If you look at their, all their artists, uh, Dr. Dre went off to be a billionaire with his Beats by Dre, you know, the, um, yeah. all of the main guys who were with Suge Knight ha- have turned against him. I mean, Snoop Dogg did some really, you know, disc records talk, talking about how what a what a horrible guy uh, Suge Knight was. So I'm sure Tupac would have now, being in his fifties, like looked back and said, "Wow, you know, I was playing a role." You know, and he really had a lot. Uh, he's really beloved, but I don't think he's as great a rapper in terms of the the cadences, these things that people judge the flow, the metaphors. I don't think he's as great a rapper as. Uh, as Biggie, but he had this incredible charisma. And women loved him, like because he really emoted. But he 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 had a song, Brenda's Baby, uh, Dear Mama. So he did the gangster thing, but he also did the incredibly, like we would say now, woke, like very, you know, what women's value. You're you're not you're not um apart from the small matter of the sexual assault. <laughs> yeah, well, we're complicated people, you know. <laughs> I mean, this is, just think about it. The woman that, okay, she admits that at this, I used to go to this place called Colt Nels. The the woman that charged him, and I think she was, it it was non-consensual later in the hotel room, but she consensually gave him fellatio on the dance floor in public the night before. Like, and then she came to the room and the the accusation was that then several men were there, including beyond Tupac. Um, So these are, the woman was a, I guess you'd call it a hip hop groupie, you know, but that doesn't. That, not extraordinary back in those times that that got as far as it did and got him in jail. 
Yeah, well, you know, if you're famous and you do something and the woman goes, I mean, look, there's, there should be zero tolerance because, <laughs> I mean, we didn't used to think of it this way, but of course a wife can be raped. Not all sex is consensual, even if you're in a relationship with people. But um, yeah, I mean, Tupac was playing with fire. I think there was a lot of drug use and a lot of drinking. And I think the real guy, uh, somebody who knew him well said, look at that video of him at 17. He really was that smart, sensitive young man. He wasn't the other guy. He was playing a role. Um, he said, I think he kind of, you know, I can see it being empowering to play a gangster. Like I said, those yeah. guys on Top Boy or any other gangster movie, uh, imagine you were playing an IRA uh, hitman, and and then you you swaggered around like Colin Farrell would like swagger around Dublin, like it would be silly and nobody would take it seriously. But you could almost start believing uh, in your own. You could, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Douglas Century, thank you so much for bringing us into that world and um, describing what way it was. And it'd be interesting to see what happens to Keefe D. Yeah, to be continued, eh? It's, to be uh, continued. We'll see. Thank you for exactly. having me on, Nicola. Thanks, Doug. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.